Hello, you're listening to The Future of Media Explained with me, Press Gazette Editor-in-Chief Dominic Ponsford. And this week's edition is all about the future of podcasts. So to talk to me in our podcast about podcasts, I have a very experienced broadcaster in Kerry Thomas. Hello, Kerry. Hi there, Dom. And I've also got joining me is Oliver Thomas, who's the head of strategy at Audi. Hello, Dominic. And thanks also for being our sponsor this week, Audi. So, Kerry, first of all, I'll just get you to give us a quick explanation about what you're up to, because uh, Press Gazette readers will know you well as the former editor of both Panorama and Today at the BBC. You left the Beeb into 2016, and since 2019, you've been an editor and partner at Tortoise. And as I understand, you're currently editor of Tortoise Studios. Can you just give us a quick rundown of what that involves? Yeah, the degree of chaos that it involves. So basically, I'm the kind of embodiment of a little journey that Tortoise has been on. I joined actually back in 2018, it was in fact, actually quite looking forward after donkey's years in broadcasting to doing a bit of text. And I think what happened at Tortoise was that over the course of a year, we realised that we what we were asking of our members, our, our readers, was to read sometimes three, four, five thousand words on a mobile phone. And that thing just wasn't working at all. People would get two or three paragraphs in and we'd start to lose them. So towards the end of 2019, we started putting a toe in the audio water. We launched a podcast ahead of the December 2019 election. as a, We called it a pilot. I think we knew it was going to be more than that. And then gradually over, over that period between December 2019 and now, we've just shifted more and more to audio because it's turned out to, it's just the best vehicle for doing the kind of journalism that we want to do. Longer stuff. And I think as we reported in Press Gazette, it's one of the bits of tortoise that actually makes a bob or two, which is good to hear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Oliver, do you want to just give us a quick explanation of Audi? I've got you down as a sort of one-stop shop for podcasts, but I think that's a bit more, there's a bit more of a nuanced explanation to that, isn't there? Yeah. So we are a creative podcast business. We really sit at the intersection of creativity and technology, but we are a full service podcast company in a sense that we do everything from strategy through to the production of the content, through to finding sponsors for your content if you want us to monetize the inventory, through to helping with the marketing, whether that's on social or PR or even artwork for your podcast, and all the way through to the distribution. So that's obviously hosting and delivering it to the the big public platforms, Spotify. Or we also have a solution for private podcasting if you want to reach a limited user base, whether that's members or subscribers or employees within an organization. So we like to position ourselves as being able to hold your hand through the podcast journey, whatever you're looking to do, you know, making a podcast, sponsoring a podcast, doing something internally, externally, whatever it, whatever you want to do. Brilliant. You've got your, a good overview of uh, what lots of people are up to. So I'll be coming to you later on to just to give us a, some insights into what you're seeing in the sort of broader market. But first to you, Kerry, congratulations, first of all, on winning two Press Gazette Future of Media Awards for the your growth and innovation for the slow newscast because i think it's had more than three million listens so far so far of its lifetime yeah, it has which is impressive and then our judges were really blown away by sweet bobby which won podcast of the year i think which was one of these live investigations i don't know it took on a life of its own didn't it, it became a it real was a thing. rare thing for us it was a proper sort of breakout international hit yeah yeah so what i guess what i'd really like to pick your brains about 
is what's working. What have you learned on this journey? What are the things you found which work and maybe what are the things that don't work so well? Okay, but I think the things that work, as, you, and as we touched on before, I think the things that work are if you want a, a platform or a way to do in-depth, particularly narrative journalism, then it turns out that the kind of retention times that you can get in podcasts are a, just a brilliant way to do that. You can keep people with you for 35, 45 minutes an hour, and it's really, really hard to do that in other formats. So fundamentally, I said that there's that fit between what we're trying to do, which is original investigative deep journalism and the platform. And I think what I love about that is it overturns everything. As you said, I I was donkey's ears at the BBC. What I was told when I worked in radio there was that we were going to lose young people, that you couldn't get people to listen for long, and that radio was, but audio was a declining medium. And every one of those turns out to be nonsense. And And that's part of the reason, I think, that it's so exciting and feels it's got a slight sort of Wild West feel about it. Everybody's experimenting. There are no fixed formats. It's just, it's a really sort of exciting place to be. On the things we've learned, we've done some things that haven't learned, haven't worked. So I think narrative works and we've made that work. We've done one incredibly successful short form daily news podcast called The Sensemaker. That's actually our biggest thing by far, a million downloads. So that's a serious amount of reach. And, and I think fundamentally, the thing that really works is that we've begun to see podcasts as the sort of bedrock of everything that we do. So if you looked at podcasts and said, we're only going to use them to drive revenue through ads, or we're going to try and drive revenue through IP, I think any kind of single strand strategy like that probably wouldn't work. Whereas I think what we're doing at Tortoise is to see audio as the bedrock of everything. So it drives reputation, it drives brand, it drives reach, it drives membership to things like Apple+. Plus. It, because it drives awareness of Tortoise, it will pull people in both to the membership of Tortoise itself and into some of the kind of email newsletters that are one of the other things that we do. It's driven an IP deal, first look deal with Sky that's really important to us. And so it's, uh, I think it's the underpinning of this kind of ecosystem that we've set up. And in that way, I think it's worked incredibly well. And we were talking earlier on about radio. Obviously, you're a long, long time at Radio 4, and I, I see Times Radio is doing rather well. It's on in my kitchen quite a lot now. Could you see Tortoise Radio coming along, as, uh, which is another sort of counterintuitive thing, because I think people see linear broadcasting as very much on its way out. But I think not Tortoise Radio exactly, but I think there's a lot. we're interested in what a Tortoise channel would look like. So I think we're, we'll change the mix of what we do. I think we're looking very actively at more always-on shows, things that are on at least sort of 40 weeks a year, things that are reliable, a little bit cheaper to make than the sort of high-end investigative stuff that we do, and cluster around a sort of an idea of what Tortoise is and could be a kind of on-demand alternative to a live radio station. So I think it's a kind of yes and no answer. I think not live radio, but something that gives people that kind of option of a menu of things to choose from and a kind of spirit that they understand about what tortoise is in the way that they understand what radio 4 is and is that regularity important from a sort of point of view of building an audience is it have it people knowing that they can come back each week at the same time although saying that sweet bobby is that was that incredible hit but maybe those sort of things are perhaps a bit hit and miss i don't know yeah i mean sweet bobby's i think you're not going to get a story like that very often and so i think it's as i said you'd be daft to bank on those things turn up in your doorstep you know i always used to think when i was in radio the balance you had to strike was between familiarity which is a great thing 
and predictability, which is kind of death in audio. And so I think something that people have a sense of that they will come back to, probably talent-led, because talent is very important in driving and returning audiences. Some of that stuff, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, talking about talent, you've got a pretty big team, haven't you? Well, it seems big by our standards or by lots of people's standards, I think, for a podcasting operation. You've got, is it 12, is it? or a bit, maybe 12 people in audio, yeah. And yeah, we're unusual at Tortoise because we are a newsroom. We're really the only podcast maker outside the BBC that's got, a, maybe The Economist as well, has a newsroom attached to it rather than just being a sort of uh, an audio production house. So we're, yeah, we're big and the stuff that we do is expensive so that you do need the odd hit like Sweet Bobby just to, to keep the meter ticking over. So if you listen to some podcasts they're quite the productions are quite sumptuous aren't they it's almost like you almost feel like you're tuning into netflix or something or you could you know, use your imagination but you must put quite a lot of resources into the into production and into sort of getting around into getting people on the record getting people in the studio and so on it's, i don't know where that will land because if you look at something like the rest is politics you know the, the, which is obviously a huge thing as the campbell rory stewart they're often not in the same country never mind in the same studio and it doesn't have massive sound design it's not they don't invest in that stuff so i think there's going to be a mixed market where some of the stuff we want to do as you say will be sumptuous where we will really invest in the sound design some of the bigger studios like audible think that that will be their kind of marker how they differentiate themselves from what are people going to pay for or maybe they'll pay for like exquisite sound design but I think we'll want to do a mix of those things that are beautiful and some more rough and ready stuff that just makes a journalistic point quickly and neatly. Okay. Listen, great, Kerry. I'm going to bring Oliver in here now from Audi. Oliver, what are the big themes you guys are seeing coming along in, in podcasting more, more generally with the sort of companies you work with? What are the new things you're seeing and what do you think's working out there? I think the interesting thing we're seeing now is that there are an increasing number of companies, clients, brands who are starting to view podcasting as a standard part of their marketing mix. And so they are actually including it within their budgets and it's moving from that innovation part of their budget and let's try something new into this is just part a hygiene factor within our marketing mix alongside video and social and print and everything else. And I think the there is recognition that podcasting is now becoming a very big medium and it's still got a long way to grow. But I think the growth in consumption of podcasts is on the rise and I think will become a much bigger part of our lives. So I think at the moment it's at around, in the UK, it's at around 25, just over 25% of adults listen on a weekly basis. It's higher in the US, it's more like 40%, but that's growing. And if you look at the younger demographics, so between the kind of millennial group between 26 and 40, it's around 40% on a weekly basis to listen to podcasts. So it's, it is growing, particularly amongst younger audiences. And I think brands, publishers and others are, are recognizing that. Okay. And in terms of the sort of um, the technology and so on, are there any new sort of techniques that you guys are doing or that other people are seeing that's working? I, think, I guess I'm thinking around like advertising, subscriptions, basically ways to make it all pay. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I mentioned earlier, we've got this a private podcasting solution. I think that's a really interesting area because it plays into that concept. It pl plays into two major trends that are going on in our lives, I think. One is the importance of communities, whether that's from a marketing perspective, from an employee engagement perspective. There's a big thing about understanding people at a more individual level, a tailoring content at a more individual and personalized level. And people are starting to engage more and more in micro communities, whether it's WhatsApp groups or Discord channels. People are 
enjoying finding more niche specific content. And again, that's playing out on YouTube, it's playing out on Spotify and elsewhere. So I think the private podcasting bit is interesting because to date, podcasting has grown and exploded within the public space. It's easier to publish something to Spotify and Apple and all of the mainstream platforms than it actually is to ring fence it to a certain geography or a certain group of users. But I think what we're going to see within the publishing space and within organizations is people starting to create subscription podcasts or content that's at least behind a paywall or a membership wall. And that might be used for acquisition, as in the content itself is driving the acquisition, or it may be used as a retention tool for an existing subscription plan that a publisher has. For example, I think we'll see people using in organizations to engage with employees, particularly those who are working remote. And I think that's really the second big thing that's driving it is that we're all working in a different landscape. Some of us are working hybrid, some are working completely remote, some people are in the office. And I think therefore, you know, the importance of comms is huge. And audio, because of the way you can listen to it while you're doing other things and on the go and on the move, therefore has a a real place and a real value in, in that mix. I would make the point that I think technology is going to be absolutely key to driving the growth. And I come at this from actually a background in video on demand. And I was working at Viacom, what's now Paramount, back in 2013, all the way through to 2021. And that we saw during that period, the explosion of video on demand and Netflix and YouTube and everything. And if you draw a parallel, back in 2015, there were just over 25% of UK adults watching online video on a weekly basis. So in 2015, online video is at the same space where podcasting is now. If you know now, I think it's around 70% of UK adults are watching online video on a daily basis, whether it's YouTube or Netflix or TikTok or whatever it might be. And a lot of that shift has come from the technology. If you think of TVs now and the Skybox, Netflix, Amazon, Disney, all of those things are available within the Skybox. They're available on the front page of your TV. Some remote controls have a Netflix button or an Amazon button. And the reason I'm making that parallel is we really are relying on the Amazons, the Apples, the Spotify's to some extent to push some of this discovery of podcasts and to push the functionality. Some of those platforms are a little bit clunky now. The discovery is not as good as it could be. We're already seeing YouTube coming into it now, TikTok coming into it. And I think with that, you will see a huge growth again in in the users of podcasts and the consumption of podcasts. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's a really good point, isn't it? And whether the podcast can replicate that kind of discoverability that YouTube's nailed, then they really would explode, wouldn't they? Kerry, just back to you quickly on the video front. That's an interesting question, isn't it? Because I think a lot of podcasters are finding a sort of new lease of life audience-wise on YouTube. Is that something you guys are looking at at all? We're not at the moment. We looked at video earlier on in Tortoise's life. And at the moment, I think we're just, we're trying to concentrate on getting the audio piece of it right. But I think you're right, of course, YouTube is a hugely important channel for podcasting. And as Ollie says, it's in some ways better for discovery than some of the other channels. So I think it, it may be a question that comes to us, but at the moment I think we're trying to we're trying to stick to our knitting and do the ba- basic audio as well as we can. So I guess we'll conclude by asking you both a bit of a crystal ball question really, but yeah, we call it, it's the future of media podcast. So wh- what do you think about the future of podcasting? Uh, there's been a lot of chat this year about sort of golden age of podcasts and there's a lot, obviously there's a lot of it around and as Oliver said uh, pretty much pretty soon every brand's probably going to have its podcast as well as all these newsletters they send us. So it's just growing and growing. But what, what do you think, Kerry? Do you think it's, do you see it getting even bigger and becoming a, a real sort of big sort of media sector in its own right? I do. I mean, I think, look, I mean, I think the BBC audio will be a factor in this country that other countries don't have. And that might, that might just influence the market in this country and mean perhaps it's never quite as big as the States proportionately. But I think I look back now and think when we started thinking about, getting into audio at Tortoise, we were saying to ourselves, 
can this thing grow more? How do you differentiate ourselves? There's a lot of froth here. How do you cut through the froth? And all those questions feel daft now. You know, I think there's headroom there. I think I agree with Ollie completely. If the, if you know, you have to work incredibly closely with the platforms to to cut through in audio at the moment. The more that they can help discoverability, I think greater the headroom is going to be. And I think as well, just going back to my BBC point, maybe the influence of the BBC in audio will decline somewhat over time. So some space will open up there as well. The financial models are still really uncertain and they've become more uncertain over the last year with what's happened to ad revenues. So there's work to do there, but on the kind of fundamental questions, is there a market there? Is there headroom? I'd say 100% yes. Yeah, the same same question to you, Ollie. I think you'll probably, probably say you're feeling fairly bullish about it, are you? Yeah, and I wouldn't say we're at peak podcast at all. I think there'll be more money flowing to the sector, both in terms of investment and equally ad money, one driving the other, I guess. I think you will see a bit of a bifurcation between, as you both discussed earlier, that high-end, high-budget, sumptuous, high-production value content like Sweet Bobby and, and those types of things, and the more daily news, narrative updates, talent-led talk shows, but I think they both have a place. And I think you'll see that people use them in different ways. The, the former is more for that kind of escapism, immersive audio, really concentrate on that and don't do anything else. Whereas the latter is a bit more light touch. You can do it in the background whilst you're doing other things. But I do think increasingly it will, podcasts will have a, a big role in all of our lives in, in the same way that, the, you know, radio, video on demand, everything does today. But a, a lot of that, as I say, is going to be about the discovery. And I think once you have the TikToks and the YouTubes and social platforms playing their parts. I think there'll be a, a huge increase in, in consumption. Just to touch on the video part, I think that I think the video will play a, an increasingly big role within podcasts. My view is a bit that that it's primarily for discovery. And the reason I say that is because I think the we know that a lot of the discovery of podcasts is done on social media. And when you think about how people consume social media, they are often flicking through it. It's a very visual tool. They haven't got the audio on. And the way we've done it before, which has been a bit clunky in terms of using what they call audiograms, which is just a static image and the audio, you don't notice that when you're scrolling through. But if you have a video, 10, 15 second, 30 second video clip of a podcast there within those different social tools, it raises the profile and the awareness of those podcasts. So that's where I think personally that video has a big role to play. But yeah, I'm very bullish on the future of it. I think it's only a matter of time before it it, it becomes a, a, an even bigger part of our daily lives. And I would say that I think now it's a great time to get into it because it does take time. But podcasts, unless you have a, a runaway hit like Sweet Bobby, a lot of these can take time to build an audience and they can take time to grow. And the earlier you get into it, the more time you have for when it does, when the audience and the ad money is there. Brilliant. I was going to ask you both one final question, which was uh, just for those who stayed with us to the end, what's a, what's a good sort of tip you give a publisher who's maybe just in starting their podcast journey? What's, what's one good sort of solid gold kind of suggestion for what how they can make a success of it. I'll go to you first, Ollie, and then I'll let you have the final word, Kerry. I think I'd probably pick up on what Kerry talked about earlier. You know, he talked about the value of them being that you hold people's attention for longer. And that is something we see a lot. You know, videos are very short, two minutes or so, whereas podcasts are a lot longer. And that I think the phrase you used, Kerry, was deep journalism. And I my bit of advice would be don't try and reinvent the wheel on this. You don't need to necessarily create completely new stories, completely new editorial. I think podcasts are a good way of taking what you're already doing in your op-eds and your, and your articles and even your social posts and exploring them in a much deeper and richer way. So I would just say that w whatever you're doing, whatever stories you're covering or whatever your content is today, think of how podcasts can sit into that. And I actually think the way towards doing it, which is having audio in the center, it makes a lot of sense because if audio is the longest form part of your content, 
then actually starting with that and building it there and doing all your journalism around that piece, which is going to be a 20 minute, 30 minute podcast, and then extracting your articles from that or your social posts, it makes a lot of sense to build it around that. So I would just say, don't reinvent the wheel. Use, use all of those editorial resources you've already got and build podcasting into that as, a, as another channel, another route to the audience. Yeah. So same question to you, Kerry. Drawing on all your years of experience in, in broadcasting and more yeah, recently yeah. Well, in, in podcasting. Legacy stuff. Well, listen, I'm going to turn the favour and pick up on something that Ollie said, because I thought Ollie talked about community and podcasts and uh, podcasting communities. And it actually made me think of, I think, what the, the key thing about podcasting as a medium is the intimacy that it brings to you with an audience. You have this privilege of being one-to-one, mostly in someone's ears for an extended amount of time. And if you throw that away, then I think you've wasted the entire opportunity of what a podcast can do. It doesn't matter whether you're doing a, a corporate message or whether you're doing a sort of luxurious narrative podcast. If you don't remember that you're that you've got that privilege and that intimacy is the sort of for me the USP of audio and podcasting, then I think you've wasted the opportunity. Well, right. brilliant. Well, look, thank you very much to our guests this week, Kerry Thomas from Tortoise and Oliver Thomas from Audi. You've been listening to The Future of Media Explained with me, Prescott Editor-in-Chief Dominic Ponsford and expertly produced as ever by Adrian Bradley. Please like us and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and you can read more about podcasting and everything else to do with the future of media on pressgazette.co.uk.